welcome to the show, the show that explores the human component around business development and marketing aspects. I'm Liron Blickman, your host, global business development expert and business relationship strategist. And today I'm so very excited to have one of um, the world's leading, inspiring people for me uh, for many years in the uh, aspect of networking, Dr. Ivan Meisner. How are you? I am fantastic, Liron. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. So before we dive into the questions, and we're going to talk today about practical tips around networking in the digital age, which I can't wait to hear um, all your smarts about this, I just want to give our audience um, an introduction about you. So um, Dr. Ivan Meisner is the founder and chief visionary officer of BNI, the world's largest business networking organization. He's called the father of modern networking by CNN and one of the world's leading experts in this field. So I just understand now, you know, briefly before we started uh, the recording, I understand you had uh, the BNI uh, annual uh, event, uh, I think two weeks ago. So tell us a bit, how was it? It was very good. It was the U.S. conference. We have uh, conferences all around the world. Um, I'm headed to a conference in Italy. Uh, in a few weeks, one in France. Uh, I'll be at the one in Brazil uh, later this year, and I think I'm going to another one. Uh, uh, when we're doing the international convention in, in Poland, where we get all of the countries from BNI, 70 plus countries. It's like going to a United Nations meeting, but people aren't arguing. It's really nice. Yeah, I love it. But people aren't arguing. Arguing that's important. People are doing business and enjoying. So. Yeah. If I, I will take this to the first question because, you know, walking around, so many people have either don't really know what networking means or think that the word networking just give them, you know, kind of a negative vibes. So right. I would love to learn once and for all from you, what is your definition of networking? Well, networking is um, really accessing connections that one has with other people to to build relationships, to increase each other's business, to support the community, to, to uh, support charitable causes. It's really just about activating those uh, relationships or connections. The, the problem and the reason that sometimes networking um, gets a bad rap is that people generally do it wrong, uh, or at least often do it wrong. I was in London a number of years ago and, and I had an opportunity to speak to 900 people at an all day event. It was an amazing event. And I stood up and I don't know why, but I just thought of this question and I asked the entire audience. I said, how many of you are here today hoping to, you know, maybe just possibly, raise your hands if you're here, hoping to maybe just possibly sell something. There were 900 people raised their hands. I mean, everybody raised their hand. I said, okay, great. How many of you are here today hoping to, you know, maybe just possibly buy something? Mm -hmm. No one raised their hand. Love it. Not one person. So uh, to me, this is what I call the networking disconnect. People show up at networking events wanting to sell, but nobody is there to buy. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why a lot of people don't like networking because they go to a networking event and they feel like they've been slimed. Yeah. Everybody's trying to sell to them. And if you're doing it that way, you're doing it wrong. Networking is about activating relationships. It's about working with other people to get to know, like, and trust them and yeah. do business with them. So that's an amazing, and, and the story about the, the event in London is amazing. And it actually leads me to the next question because, you know, you founded BNI over 30 years ago. And, you know, people are, we communicate with people since the day we were born almost. Uh, it's something that we do on a daily basis. But then again, you're saying that there is something um, basic that is wrong about the way people are doing networking. But that being said, from knowing this to 
gathering people from all over the world and creating this insane network, you have tapped into a certain um, you know, need. So how, what is like this, it's a big question, but what is the secret to scaling you know, the communication that we do on, on, on a daily basis to an actual global network that connects people and does, does such great things? Well, you, that's a multifaceted question. Uh, let me tackle the first thing uh, of scaling your business. Uh, if you want to be successful at scaling any business, uh, there's a few things you need to know. One is that you have to learn how to work on the business and not just in the business. Yeah. The problem with most entrepreneurs is that they uh, are, are so good at what they do, they're working in the business and they're not stepping back and working on the business. B&I would not exist today if I didn't really, at least it wouldn't exist as it is, uh, with, with, uh, we have 8,980 chapters now, almost, almost uh, 9,000 chapters in 70 countries over a quarter of a million members. Because when I started BNI, I, I honestly didn't think that it would be this large. But as I opened up chapters in that first year, I realized I had struck a chord in the business community. And here's an example of working on the business and not uh, just in the business. At the end of each year, around New Year's, mm -hmm. I take some time off and I reflect, uh, how was last year compared to this year? Where do I want to be in, in, in five years or 10 years? And that particular year, it was like, wow, what just happened? I didn't see BNI taking off like it did. And, and that was the point at which I created the plan, my organizational plan to scale BNI. If you don't take time mm -hmm. to think, to plan, to strategize, um, you can't hit a target that you're not aiming at. Yeah. So you gotta set goals. Everybody says set goals, but I get that. But, but you gotta set goals, and I recommend you set them at three different levels. Mm -hmm. Set them dancing on the roof, I can't believe I achieved this. Your target, here's where I think I can hit, and what I call the floor. If you don't hit this level, you probably shouldn't stay in business. You probably should sell your company. Yeah. So set three levels of goals and then reverse engineer it. Now that's, that's an interesting concept. Yeah. And nobody taught me that in college. You reverse engineer it. So you set these goals and you say, where do I want to be in, in uh, November? Mm -hmm. Where do I want to be in October? Where do I want to be in September? Where do I want to be next month? And so you, by reverse engineer it, then you look at where you're at. I mean, I could tell you yeah. exactly how many, you got to know your numbers uh, and you got to track them on a monthly basis. I could tell you that as of yesterday, B&I had 252,742 members. Well, I get as a of daily, yesterday. <laughs> that was as of yesterday. I get a daily report on the number of members. So this is all the stuff where you're working on your business, not yeah. just in your business. And that's a handful of ways. Here, I'll give you one more. To scale your business. You want to really be successful? Do six things a thousand times. Not a thousand things. A thousand times. Okay. Six times. Six things a thousand times, not a thousand things. Six times. BNIP, uh, not BNIP, people, but business people in general, yeah. they chase bright, shiny objects constantly. And they're, they're always doing something different to see if it'll work. The truth is to be successful, you figure out what's best to do for your business and then you do it um, a thousand times. So these are some of the things that I took into consideration to scale my business. Well, these are definitely great tips for all the, the, the startups, entrepreneurs uh, that are also uh, listening to this um, interview. And I like what you said about the three different goals because I think it's also digestible. You know, we tend to, um, to kind of evaluate ourselves based on people that are in a different level than us. 
So that's kind of keep us more, you know, I would say uh, aligned to reality. But um, I also want to ask, so, so looking back, you know. Let's, let's go back to that previous statement because that was an interesting statement. Repeat that. We tend to look at people that are, um, are, are stronger look, than us. Maybe I know that a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners that I'm working with, and also I did this mistake before. I kind of I I um, uh, judge myself based on other people, but yeah. they're not in the same level or length in business as I do. So basically, I cannot really um, you know just we, we're not equal. So it just it's wrong from the base from the basis to start. It, it, it is. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. But but here's something to think about, and I'd love your 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 viewers to think about this. Yeah, I judge you by my inside mm -hmm. but you judge me by my outside okay Love so it. so i'm looking at you from who i am but you're but i all i see is your outside so what you're looking at with me is my outside you don't know my inside you don't you don't know the struggles i have the challenges i have exactly i don't know the tr struggles you have or the challenges you have the the, the value in this is in understanding that when you compare mm -hmm you're comparing your inside to someone else's outside to what they Love present it. the world and what you know what someone presents in the world may not be quite what they yeah. are are projecting and so it's really important to i think to understand that when you're comparing yourself to someone else when when a, any business person when any of your viewers are yeah. when you compare yourself to someone else just understanding you're comparing yourself to their outside I try as much yeah. as possible to be as, as transparent as possible because I've been there. I've done that. Yeah. And so I try to share with people my failures so they understand that um, I'm, I'm a 20-year overnight success. Yeah. It took me 20 years to build any kind of success in business. Uh, it doesn't come easy. And, uh, you know, if you keep doing the right things and you do them over and over, you have an, an opportunity yeah, to be yeah. successful. Yeah. Amazing. So thanks you for, for also for, for kind of focusing on that because, you know, we, we are here to also talk about how the digitalized world, you know, changed networking. And obviously when you look at people on LinkedIn or Facebook or, you know, Google them, they may see like, oh my God, you know, the, the, as you said, they may say like gods, but then again, we don't really know what's going on with them in their actual lives. And my question to you would be, do you think the fact that now, you know, communication has been digitalized, is it positive? Is it negative? You've been around for, for 30 years and you saw the, the, the change over time. What, what is your view about that? So you ask if it's positive or it's negative, and the answer is yes. It is both positive and negative. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do, do, you have, do you have in, in uh, Israel, do you have uh, uh, Baskin Robbins 31 flavors, the ice cream? Um, I don't think we, I don't think it ever came to Israel, but I know, okay. I know of this. You know what yeah. it is. It's basically an ice cream place that has 31 flavors. So here's, here's the analogy I want to use. You, many years ago, we lived in a, in a chocolate and vanilla world. Yeah. The choices were easy. Um, and, and I don't mean this in ice cream. I mean, just in choices. Yeah. Our choices were pretty black and white. They were pretty easy. But today we live in a, in a 31 flavors world. Um, where there are many, many, many different choices and good choices and bad choices. And you can do bad things with good choices and good things with maybe bad choices. And so it's so complex. We live in a very complex society. And so the, the answer to the digital technology is that it is both good and bad. Um, I believe that technology flattens the communication hierarchy. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, when I started BNI, what you and I are doing right now with, with a webinar uh, yeah. uh, online, that was unheard of when I started BNI. Absolutely unheard of. The second largest item in my budget was, was the telephone bill, and it wasn't a mobile phone. It was, you it know, hardwire. It cost much back in the days, I would say. Oh, it was, more it was expensive. incredibly expensive. Yeah. Today, I, I don't even know where the phone bill is in my budget. Mm -hmm. it, it's buried. And so technology uh, can be a force multiplier. Yeah. And I'm a fan of technology. I also believe in face-to-face. -face. Uh, to me, it's not either or, it's both and. And, mm -hmm. and integrating them together is a great way to, to build a, a solid, uh, powerful personal network. Exactly. But, you know, I actually, I, I make, I have business connections with people in Taiwan, in Australia, where I used to live. And I know, you know, a lot of, it's a global world today. And, and sometimes you really find that you are building strong relationships for long term with people that you never saw and you may even never meet with them. So that's one of the, I would say, advantages of technology, you know, the global village. But then again, um, do you think we can do without the face-to-face? -face? Do we have both? Do we have to have both? What is your view on this? Um, well, listen, I think both, um, are here to stay, face-to-face uh, -face is here to stay. Yeah. I do believe that we're going to continue to see the integration of technology into face-to-face -face networking. Um, I wrote an article for entrepreneur.com a couple of months ago that said the future of uh, online is face-to-face. -face. And by that, I mean, I, I, I believe that 10 years from now, the technology will be such that um, mixed reality technology, things like holographic uh, communication and, yeah. and other forms of, of technologies that are in the works now will be as commonplace as the iPhone. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that's based on research that I've read by many experts in the field. And so what I think we're going to see happen in the next decade is more and more of an integration of the face-to-face -face and um, mixed reality technologies uh, because what we're doing right now was completely unheard yeah. of when I started BNI. And, and how does BNI adapt to this digitalized world? What do you do in order to create those connections, the global connections through the online media? So we are, we're using uh, uh, technology today and we absolutely are thinking about where the world is going and uh, working on preparing a, a strategy to integrate what we do with BNI with the technology that's happening. In today's terms, that means uh, things like um, online training, where we have a system yeah. called BNI University, and our members and directors can get uh, fully trained on being on the leadership team, being a, a new member, by going through uh, all full integrated online training uh, that they can do at their leisure yeah. In order to be a fantastic member. We also have a walled garden community. Imagine LinkedIn, but just for BNI members. It's called BNI Connect. So our BNI members, our 252,000 members all around the world, can uh, communicate with, the, with one another in this walled garden where nobody else gets to play. And if they uh, leave BNI, they're thrown out of the garden. They can't yeah. participate either. And so through technologies like that, uh, we're we're integrating the face to face with online. Yeah, and and you know that's that's amazing what you said. And also, obviously, being a part of a network, um, that's that's a strong uh, the strongest thing that someone can have because you know the the mutual the, the mutually uh, wish for every member to you know uh, help each other out. But a, a common problem you know is today because 
most people are more reachable today, you know, on LinkedIn and you can find someone's email and you can email them. But as much as people are more acceptable, it's harder to get their attention because they're being flooded with a lot of spam and so on. So what would be your, and I think that's a very important tip for, for myself and for everybody I work with, how to get someone's attention. You know, if it's on the, a cold message on LinkedIn or somewhere else, how to get them to look at me or answer my email and not someone else that is spamming them. Well, that's why I believe face-to-face -face is the most powerful because uh, <laughs> I, I, I think following up using technology is brilliant, but the best way to be heard is to meet somebody. Uh, and by the way, this, this isn't a new problem. It, you know, when I started BNI in the 1980s, um, the problem then was uh, uh, junk mail. Everybody was getting junk mail and you're being bombarded with junk mail instead of junk email or spam. Uh, and I remember my mailbox just being full of people trying to sell things to me. Yeah. Now it's your email box is full of it. So, I mean, one of the things that I recommend is, 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 is go counterculture. If you want to stand out, maybe send them something through the mail, through snail mail, mm -hmm. uh, you know, through, through the, the government mail, not just email. Yeah. But the best, the, really the best way to get to stand out is to meet people, shake their hands, talk to them, have a conversation, then follow up through social media and through email and other forms. Yeah, but if I do want to connect to someone, let's say I'm an investor or, or a CEO of, of a company in, in France and yeah. I'm in, in Tel Aviv at the moment, so your suggestion is to try to think like outside of, outside of the box, you say either send something through mail or if you have any other. Um, or, or get an introduction from somebody they know. Um, it, it's a third party testimonial. Yeah. If, uh, if I want to meet someone in particular, rather than reach out to them directly, I, I would talk to somebody who knows them or I think knows them and have them make an introduction. I mean, I'll give you, here's a true story. Yeah. Uh, for many, many years, I wanted, um, I was working on a book called Masters of Networking. And Harvey McKay uh, yeah. has written many books. One is Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. And, and I wanted uh, to get a, a contribution from Harvey uh, for the book. And I, I just couldn't get past the, his assistant. I tried, I tried, I could not get past his assistant. And so I just started talking to people mm -hmm. that I knew, yes. um, you know, do you have any contact with Harvey McKay? And, and one day, true story, one day a guy picks me up at the airport who's a BNI member yeah. And um, he said, I love, you know, I love picking people up at the airport, especially people, you know, have written books because I get to, I got them for an hour, you know, and I can ask them questions. And at, at the end of the, at the end of the drive, he said, is there anything I can do for you? And I said, well, yeah, this is a real long <laughs> shot, but um, I, uh, I, I would love to uh, connect with Harvey McKay. If you know somebody that knows Harvey, that'd be great. He said, are you kidding? I drove Hardy, Harvey from the airport uh, about three months ago. Oh no, yeah, about six months ago. And I'm like, you did? He said, yeah, yeah, I know his assistant really well. I, I talked to her still. Amazing. And so he introduced me to his assistant, uh, Harvey's assistant. And I immediately got through. Harvey yeah. contributed to the book. Harvey's a friend now. I've talked to him many times. And, uh, but it happened because I, I asked for a referral uh, from someone. Do you know someone who knows yeah. this individual? And it's powerful. It works. It's amazing because... Also, one, one of the things about these stories is that you can never really know where the next best connect, contact or, or, you know, will come from. And who would have thought that, that you asked, you put it out there, and it's, I love this kind of stories because it really shows how, you know, eventually, it's also a small, a small world, even though it's big, but 
that it can really come. You, you never know who people know. I mean, this exactly. was a BNI member, and um, and and he knew he knew Harvey McKay. Yeah. Uh, so you just don't know who people know, and you shouldn't make assumptions that maybe an, a person wouldn't have that kind of contact uh, because you just you never know. And and he yeah. certainly had that kind of contact, and, and, and uh, I've seen that over and over again in my career. And, and you know another another question that that I get asked often, and I would like to refer to you also is is about the um, the kind of the word of mouth networking. So that's also what you do when when people are part of the BNI, of course, kind of the, the referrals. Um, but if there is one main um, tip that you can give um, a business person, you know, that would like to expand his network and reach clients yeah. and so on, what would be the best tips for you to to ask, to ask people for referrals? So you want the, the, the one secret for referrals. Please, you ready? there is one, I'm ready. Here it is. There is no one secret. It is always yeah. a formula. It's always a formula, it's a recipe. Yeah. It's, like a, it's like a great meal. Is there any great meal that has only one ingredient? No. Apple? A no. Great, not a a great meal has multiple ingredients. And yeah. so uh, to build a, a powerful personal network to, to get referrals, there are a number of things. Let me tell you, I'll tell you the one to start with. Yeah. How's that? Let's do it. You have to understand, uh, this is the foundation of everything I teach. It's called the VCP process. If you don't understand VCP, everything you do will be ineffective. VCP stands for visibility, credibility, profitability. First, you have to be visible in the community. Now, I, I talked about the networking disconnect thing, that you don't go there to sell. Uh, you, you need to go there to, to, to make connections. This is what you do instead of trying to sell, is you go to, to be visible in the community. And, and then once you've established visibility, you move to credibility. Mm -hmm. the credibility is where people know who you are, they know what you do, they know you're good at it. And then and only then can you get to profitability where people know who you are, they know what you do, they know you're good at it, and they're willing to refer you on an ongoing reciprocal basis. That whole process takes time. Yeah. Networking is more about farming than it is about hunting. It's about cultivating relationships with other people. So if, if, if as I believe, networking is not about direct selling, what is it about? It's about building relationships. And building relationships happens by moving through the VCP process from going visibility, credibility, profitability. Once you understand that, then the techniques that I teach are relevant because you're doing it within the context of VCP. Make sense? Makes sense. But you know, you were talking about about obviously the, the maintaining and you know the building the relationship, and I call it the work in the word networking because it is a work. And if again, if you have, I understand like the context that you were you were just talking about. But if you have one or two tips of how good ways to maintain relationships, because you know it's hard for, for people and to find the time to do it and, and what to say, and I don't want to come across as an annoying person, but I do want to ping someone every now and again. So any yeah. like one or, or formula or a certain tip for how to maintain a relationship. So um, I agree with you about the work in network. It's not called net sit or net eat, it's called network. Yeah. And it takes work to be successful at it. Um, so there are, there are many things that you want to do to stay connected. Uh, one of the very first things that you want to consider is find a way to help somebody. If you can find a way to help somebody, it's one of the best ways to build a relationship. Yeah. Um, and by help them, I don't mean sell them your product or service. Uh, I mean really genuinely find a way to help them. So when I'm meeting people and I'm talking to them, 
if, if, if I'm trying to build my business, what I would recommend that you do is ask them questions. A good networker has two ears and one mouth and should use them both proportionally. Mm -hmm. A good networker is like a good interviewer. Lerone, you're asking me questions and you're letting me expand. That's what a good networker does, is they ask questions and they listen to what is being said. And, and they learn more and more about the individual. One of the things that, they, that someone should do towards the end of the conversation is to ask this question. And you don't start with this question. You, you yeah. get close to ending your conversation with this question. What are some of the challenges that you have in this business that you've described to me? And then really pay attention because they're likely, if, if you've listened and you've talked to them long enough and they've opened up and they feel comfortable, they're likely to share a challenge with you. Yeah. And that is when you have an opportunity to help them by saying something like, you know, I read an article on that very issue that you described. Uh, I'd love to send you a copy if you'd like. I've never had someone say, oh, no, no, don't send me anything. They, they almost always go, oh, yeah, really, please, I would love that. And then, and then you send that to them. Or if it's a specific problem, I know somebody that can help you with that problem. Yeah. If you'd like, I'd be more than glad to make an introduction. And again, I mean, this just happened to me yesterday. I spoke to somebody, and he, and he said he had this problem. I said, I got somebody who can help you with that. Would you like it? And they're like, yeah. So now you've built a little bit. You've built a little bit of a relationship. Yeah. Because you haven't asked them to buy your product or service. Instead, you've helped them. Yes. So if you can find a way to help people, you're much more likely to build that relationship. I love it. I love it. So you say, obviously, listen and see how you can find the, the right way to help someone with something they actually need. Um, so thank you so much for answering this, all, all these questions. Now I would like to ask you, I always have a session of a few what I call human factor questions. So okay. it's every, eventually, it's really all about people. So I want to ask you a few quick questions more about yourself and how um, you uh, communicate in the world. So the first thing would be, um, uh, who was uh, the first person who believed in you, who, who impacted you and gave you, you know, the kind of understanding that you can make it in, in some way, shape or form? Oh, there'd be so many people. Uh, but I mean, the first person would have to be my mom and dad. Um, you know, my, I had really good parents. Uh, yeah. If I have any people skills at all, it's from my mother. My father did not have people skills. <laughs> and whatever work ethic I got, I got from my father. Uh, yeah. My father was a really hard working man. Uh, and, and my mom was, you know, she was fun and, and uh, had great people skills. Matter of fact, here's probably the first life lesson I got or one of the first really critical life lessons that carried me into adulthood. When I was 13 years old, my mother gave me this paperweight. It is on my desk wow. to this day. I still have it on my desk. She gave it to me when I was 13 years old. That was, you know, a long time ago. And, and, um, and it says, diplomacy is the art of letting someone else have your way. Diplomacy is the art of letting someone else have your way. And my mother said to me, son, I love you, but you're a bull in a china shop. You just knock stuff over. You've got to learn how to work with people. And that means collaborate, not manipulate, but collaborate with people. And it was, um, it was a really important lesson and one that I have tried to carry throughout my entire life. I always haven't been real good at it, but, but I always come back to that and ask myself is, am I, am I doing this in a diplomatic way? And, um, 
real important lesson. I'd say that was probably my first one. Amazing. Thank you for sharing this. All. And, and on your table it is, so that's, uh, that's also a, an exciting thing to show. Um, if you can also, you know, you've been around, you met so many people from so many different cultures and countries and you've been doing it for so long. So what would you say the, um, the one trait for yourself that, that has been helpful throughout your life? Um, the one people trait that was best for you? Yeah. So um, a long time ago, I realized I may not be the smartest man in a room. I may not be the most talented man in a room, but I am almost always the most persistent man in a room. I am like a dog with a bone. <laughs> I just hold on. And I would say that's probably one of my strengths. Now, you don't have to have that strength to be good at what you do, but you have to recognize what your strength is and run with it. And so I'm, you know, I'm reasonably intelligent and I'm reasonably talented, but I'm telling you, I am really incredibly persistent. Mm -hmm. And so I will work a problem and work a problem and work a problem. And I'll bring in other people to help me work a problem until I get a solution. And that was, that's probably one of my, my magical powers. Definitely. And now that we talked, we talked about magic at the start, to start with. So that's definitely an important magic to yeah. help, you know, help go through life, business and and so many other uh, um, challenges. And another last question for today is, in your view, what people really want? Wow, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't think I've ever been asked that one. What do people really want? Yeah. I think in some ways, uh, different people really want different things. The easy answer is they want happiness. I think the true answer is more contentment. Uh, people want contentment. They want to feel satisfaction um, in, in what they do and who they are. And I meet a lot of people that are dissatisfied. Yeah. Really dissatisfied. And, um, and, I, and for entrepreneurs, I say to them, if you're, you know, if you're dissatisfied, you got to take a look at your life and your business. And you have to find ways to work in your flame and not your wax. Yeah. When you're working in your flame, you're on fire, you're excited, you love what you do. People can hear it in your voice, they can see it in the way you act. Yeah. When you're working in your wax, it just takes all your energy away. And pe people can see it in the way you behave, and they can hear it in your voice. And so the more that someone is able to work in their flame, they do the things they love, I think the more satisfaction they have in life. Uh, and, and you have to understand that it takes time to get there. You know, I told you I'm a 20 year overnight success. That's true. It, it took time to get there. So you have to recognize that there for large stretches in your life, you got to do what you got to do to get to do what you want to do. And so I worked for many, many years to get to the point where I'm now working 98% of my life is in my flame. Uh, but it took time to get there. And, and so but I'm persistent. Yeah. So create a goal, stay focused, yeah. do six things a thousand times, be persistent and work in your flame. I think that's the secret. For me, that was the Perfect. secret, the satisfaction. What a great message to end this interview. Just live and work in your flame. I think that's a perfect message. And I want to really thank you, Dr. Ivan Meisner, for being uh, with me and with us here in this show. It's been a great pleasure.
Thank you so much. Great interview. And that last question was a really good question. I bet I do about 150 interviews <laughs> a year. Seriously. Wow. Never been asked that one. That was a great question. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I'm happy that, you know, I got you a bit out of your regular, uh, you would say, uh, question. So just want to say thank you again to yourself. And of course, you're on LinkedIn. And if you want to get more information about BNI and the nearest location to you, it's at BNI.com. BNI.com. That's right. Uh, BNI.com. You can get information. Also, they can go to my blog, IvanMeisner.com. All free stuff up there. I also just did a new book, Who's in Your Room? Uh, it's an awesome book. I, it's one of my favorite books because it's my first <laughs> self-development book. If you have a chance, check it out on, on uh, uh, online, uh, Who's in Your Room? It's available on Amazon and bookstores. I'll also add a link uh, next to this video for the book. Thank you so much. And thanks for everybody who listened to us. I really uh, invite you to like this uh, show. If you, if you like it, share and comment uh, on the episode. And um, thank you. Thank you.